eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 100, Rick. We hit triple digits. We made it to 100, uh, just shy of our literal 12-month anniversary. So uh, that's something special. Do we get a gold watch or anything or for 100 or anything? Debo, do we get a gold watch? What's what's the uh, payout here? I think that's uh, episode 1,000, the the watch. <laughs> well, this pace, that'll be 10 years from now. Can you imagine this thing 10 years from now, what it's going to look like? Oh, my God. You'll be on oxygen. I'll be in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, I'll be rolling. Just <laughs> Debo will be. He may be the, the lead host of the show by then. <laughs> that, of course, is Rick Spielman. I am Ryan Wilson. And today we're doing something a little different here. The day before Thanksgiving, going to do a redraft of the 2023 NFL draft, knowing everything that we know now. Can't stress that part enough for Mr. Rick Spielman. And Rick, I don't know if you saw the, the details of Debo's email yesterday, but we're going to do all 256 picks, me and you, back and forth for the next eight hours. So <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You're right. Yeah, because there's uh, actually, Ryan, 155 days until the 2024 NFL draft and 55 days that uh, you are in the driver's seat. And if you picked all 254 of those picks, I would agree with you 100%. <laughs> Man, how long would that take? I'm sure there's someone out there that's doing that sort of stuff. We're actually not going to do that. We're going to do a lo- something a little less ambitious. We are going to do a redraft, but we're just going to do the first 14 picks. That felt like a good stopping point. The Steelers have the 14th pick after they traded up. So uh, just so we're not here all day, that's how we'll roll that thing out. But I think either way, it's going to be fun. I took a little peek at Rick's picks, and I was surprised by the similarities and the differences. So we'll, we'll get to that. But first, before you go any further, Rick just talked about it on the official with the first pick. Count that board. 155 days left, Rick. I, I keep saying it every time, and I broke a record on this, but it is absolutely flying by. So I appreciate the fact that I have, what, two months? A little less than two months until things get real. Yeah, and you have... You just, it's like building the China wall. You just do it one brick at a time as you're watching all these players. And it's just like, it seems like you'll never get through them all. Uh, but eventually you get to the end. Either you get them all done or you just throw your hands up. And I'm fine. This is, this is what it is. And uh, much like the Great Wall of China, I think you can see this podcast from space too. So that's also encouraging. Uh, let me ask you quickly at this point in the process, the area scouts are. Pro, are they about to get a break because the season's ending college football-wise or things are getting worse for them? 
No, actually, they're probably off the road now. Most of them have wrapped up uh, the initial fall reports. So they're all in the books. A lot of teams will do what they start cross checks. So each scout, now that he's been in his area, will get a position to cross check. So they'll be working on that probably through the next month until they get down to the all-star games. Uh, so that'll be the next set of grades that come in. You have your original grades from the area scouts and then your regionals and your directors. Uh, now it's the cross checks. So those will be layered in. And then eventually once the season ends and the coaches get going, you'll have your coaches grade ins in there as well. So the upside for area scouts is that at least they're at home for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of times now with zoom, uh, we always had December meetings, try to clean up the backboard on guys that we know aren't going to probably be in our discussions going forward. So we had three or four days of backboard meetings in December to clean up the backboard and kind of get the initial board set uh, before the all-star games. And then before we uh, come back for the February meetings, which were pretty intense uh, trying to get that board set before you end up going to the combine. All right. I mean, that's, it's a, it's not a job for the faint of heart, not just the area scouts, the whole operation. It feels like because all right, one last question, then we'll get to this. So do things slow down for you as a general manager after the trade deadline and then ramp up right around now? Or is there a lull or is everything no, go 100 miles an hour the whole time? It's 100 miles an hour all the time okay. because you're still doing your daily stuff for the roster, uh, dealing with issues you know, under the football operations umbrella, if that's under your uh, umbrella. If you're the general manager and can control all football operations, you're dealing with the day-to-day -day injuries, the workouts, everything like that. But in December, where it even gets a little dicey is that the pro department is starting to put together the uh, unrestricted free agent board. Oh, gee, no breaks. No breaks. So <laughs> not only are you going back and forth with the draft stuff, but you're also starting to uh, look at some of the potential free agents coming up. Uh, you're kind of putting your initial needs list going together. You're already having some initial cap meetings on potential guys you want to resign, uh, setting your needs up going into next year's offseason. So it's actually keeps ramping up more and more the closer you get to the end of the season. All right, Deba, one, one last question, I promise. Are you at this point, if you're, for example, Omar Khan and the offensive coordinator has just been fired or, or – um, Brandon Bean in, in, in Buffalo. Are you talking to the coaches yet about replacements or is that something you don't care about? They'll tell you who they I'll want. Let them focus on what they have to do. Okay. Because it's a midstream adjustment. Um, I'm sure the scheme's not changing that much. We went through it one year when uh, uh, Mike Zimmer fired John Filippo and Pat Shermer took over as the OC. But right now the coach's responsibility is basically worry about what do we have to do to win this next week. So that's at the very bottom of your worried list. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. little insight there as we get started here. Uh, by the way, if you missed it in the last episode, Rick and I talked our usual Tuesday popper drops from the college game. We looked at Drake, May, and J.J. McCarthy. Uh, two performances that left something to be desired for different reasons, but you can check that out. We also looked at the old rookie quarterbacks from Week 11. Shout out to Tommy D., the best quarterback in this rookie draft class so far, not named C.J. Stroud, which is crazy to say out loud. Uh, and the rookie non-quarterbacks who, of course, stood out, ranked our top five guys. As always, you can check those shows out in the podcast feed. And remember, leave us a five-star review on Apple podcast. Nominate an FBS or FCS college player who is draft eligible, underline bold, and will evaluate his prospects on upcoming show. By the way, quickly, I wanted to note, someone left a very nice review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, they love you, Rick. 
They tolerate me, but they forgot to put the player's name. So make sure you put the player's name in there because we'll evaluate it. I appreciate the five-star review, but I don't want to leave you hanging there. And finally, if you like what we do here, tell a friend. If one of your buddies has a team that's no good and is already thinking about the 2024 NFL draft, this is absolutely a show for them. And while you're at it, hit the old thumbs up on YouTube at NFL and CBS to spread the word. All right, Rick, let's do it. Before we do that, one last thing. I mentioned on Tuesday. about five times. It's one last thing. Oh, wait. 55 days, count to 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You're right. You get everything you need to get out while we're getting ready before we get to do this. These questions pop up, and then I have to ask them. Then I say it's one last thing, and it's not one last thing. Uh, as my wife says to me, if you, you know, when your kids are little, if you threaten you're going to punish them, and you don't punish them, they're never going to believe you. So if I keep saying one last thing and it's never one last thing, at some point you're going to have an outburst like Rick just had. I didn't have an outburst. I counted ten, and I am in the this holiday a, spirit. There's some uh, interesting matchups tomorrow and Friday, and you know, look forward to this weekend. You squeezed that. How many squeeze balls do you go through in the course of a podcast? Oh, look at how big that one is! <laughs> oh my god, he got it's the industrial. Only, it's, this keeps me 55 days calm and cool and collective as I always am. Debo, have you ever seen a squeeze ball the size of a beach ball? That's that's custom made for the one and only Rick right there. <laughs> those guns, those Rick guns. The one last thing I was going to bring up, Rick, before you squeeze the life out of that industrial size squeeze ball, is that uh, Debo has a little clip from the original OG episode one of With the First Pick. I think November 28, 2022. Debo hit the button on that. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode one of With the First Pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. I'm CBS Sports Draft analyst Ryan Wilson, and I'm joined by our general manager, Rick Spielman. So, so Rick, let me ask you, what's more exciting for you, being on the inaugural episode of With the First Pick or being the man responsible for drafting Justin Jefferson? Because I would imagine they're they're similar. No, by far as being on this podcast, I prepared more for that than I did for any draft <laughs> that we've done, <laughs> just because I'm doing it a, a lot of this film evaluation on my own. But no, I'm... Uh, I'm extremely excited to be a part of this program, and hopefully uh, me and you can give the uh, fans out there some insight on what we see and what's coming up in the draft. And look how far we've come, Rick. Boy, did I read that script correct, Debo, that you sent me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you got rid of the hey, – you didn't like the hey, hey, hey intro. I thought that you was – You know what? I noticed that you've aged, and I haven't over the uh, last hundred episodes. I actually noticed the same thing. Like you still have the same great head of hair. Your muscles it's are still great. It's 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 uh some little grays twinkled in there. Oh yeah, you probably count the grays. I don't have to worry about counting the grays because they're all gone. Yeah, they're so, skin colored grays. What happened? We used to have that stupid. I shouldn't say that word. Stupid. <laughs> no, we, tell my kids stupid. We don't use that word in our house. Oh. Okay, what, what, we should have what? That wasn't stupid. What, that caricature of you with my body on it and your head on it with a head of hair? What happened to that? Oh, I still, I still have it. Okay. When I Cody Mock took over the one time the show. Yeah. yeah. No, I got that. In fact, it's my avatar on my Twitter picture. <laughs> that me bulging through that suit jacket that apparently, according to you, is your body. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Crazy Town USA. So that was almost a year ago. And I know it was after Thanksgiving because I put up the old Christmas tree. So I'll do that again to celebrate uh longevity of this podcast all right let's get to it 100 episodes awesome thank you to debo for here debo was here for only like 98 i think he he's slacking so yeah. he owes us two but uh you and me rick we've been for the for the duration all right 2023 nfl redraft picks one through 14 just so we're clear and we're assuming the same trades were made 
that were made in actuality. And we're also assuming that we know everything right now that we know about these teams through week 11. So no secrets, Rick. The public knows it. You and I know it. And that's how we did the draft. First up, Carolina Panthers traded it from number nine to number one. And when it happened, I don't think we knew who the target was. I'd heard CJ. And then, of course, we heard Bryce and we went to the pro days. You're making the pick here. Who you take? But, oh, well, what, what you're going to take a guy that <laughs> may be the MVP of the league, and that's CJ Stroud. This was a no brainer. If you knew what you knew now, uh, Carolina would have definitely taken CJ Stroud. But this is kind of weird to be oh, honest. Here we go. I, I've never you said it. you were excited about it last week. Yeah, no, I, well, I have to say that because oh, okay. me. does he send you scripts or just me scripts on what to I say, think not say in this show? <laughs> Why is it what's weird about it, Rick? Let's get into this. Because we you never do this in 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 on the other side of the business, uh, sitting in a uh, GM chair. I mean, you know you why? It. Why? Because you said you're so busy. You don't have time to be playing games and going through what what could have what could have been and what ifs. You, you know what? Though on a serious note, what we did is that we would evaluate every pick and where we were wrong. We really honed in on a lot of things on why we missed that pick, whether it was a psychological test score, whether mm. it was something on, uh, you know, that we missed in tape, but we always really tried to be very conscientious of going back and studying why we missed or where we missed. So hopefully we would prevent making the same mistake again. And okay, sometimes good. you have to make mistakes, although no one wants you, no one wants to make mistakes, but in order to learn and grow, sometimes I always looked at the positive side of, okay, we messed that pick up. Why did we mess it up? And let's make sure that we study why we messed it up so we don't make the same mistake moving forward. All right. Well, I'll highlight some of those players as we go through this this exercise here about why perhaps we had uh, overlooked or underlooked, to make up a word, uh, certain players in their draft position. And the other thing I want to ask you, based on what you just said there, did you bring in or would you have conversations with, I don't know what field this would be, maybe psychology? Because one of the issues I was wondering about is group think. So everyone gets together and maybe a young area scout, and you've talked about this before with Robert Porsche. You don't want to be the one going out on a limb for a guy when in your heart you think he's good or, and or bad, and you get in the group with older guys and more experienced guys, and you just sort of go along with that. Did you bring in any sort of experts to help you try to avoid those pitfalls? Well, what we did was went and tried to identify, like I said, where did we miss or why did we miss? Was it something in the psychological testing? Uh, so I usually ha I had, I gave assignments to everybody to go back and figure out what was the common theme or common thread of the miss. And then whether it was an analytics thing or whether, you know, wherever, or was it a medical thing? Were they too... Uh, did they not take that injury serious enough or were they too serious and rejected the player because of that injury? So everybody in every department, and like I said, I had 95 people that were involved in the draft, uh, would Jeez. go back and reassess uh, now that they knew at least to this point what type of player they were. And if we miss reassessing your area, why? And then we would get together and kind of try to come up with a, some kind of conclusion on why. Well, you make me feel better. Make, you make me feel better about what we're doing here. 95 versus two of us. And you have 57 side jobs. So we're hanging in there pretty good. All right. CJ Stroud. I took CJ Stroud as well. I can't imagine living on a planet where you know everything you know now and you don't take CJ Stroud. 
Rick forgot to pay his electricity bill. His light. Oh, there it is. He just, they just got the, back on. You're back on. <laughs> he went dark there for a second. <laughs> Living on the old island there. All right. CJ Stroud, first overall pick, Carolina Panthers. The follow up question, of course, uh, this team is truly terrible offensively now. How many more wins does CJ get you with everything else staying the same? Uh, no, he's got the way he's playing. And it was an example of last week when he didn't have his greatest game. They have a pretty complete football team, probably a more complete football team than what we originally thought. Their defense came through for them. Yeah. So they're showing signs that CJ, when the game's on the line, he's showing and proven that he can come through and, and win games on those last second, or I would say last drives of a game. Um, but now if he's off, they have enough and a much better football team than I think anyone one anticipated on being able to win games other ways. So my question was, how many more wins does Carolina have if CJ's there? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> three. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's more, but not a lot more, I don't think, because it's a huge ask. And CJ's playing great, no doubt about it. Yeah. But, uh, all right, we'll have to visit that alternate universe and figure out what the actual record is at another time. Next up, Houston Texans at number two. You said throughout the process you cannot come out of this draft if you're the Houston Texans without a quarterback. The original pick, of course, is C.J. Stroud. And you have them taking, Rick? Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Now, I can hear people, him and Han, already through their listening devices, whether they're in the car or walking down the street with their AirPods in. Because Bryce has struggled this year. If you've looked at the stats, he struggled at times if you watch the tape. But other times he's done some things that, you feel good about, then there's some mitigating factors as to why he's struggling. Um, I had them taking Debo's guy because Debo did send me a threatening letter, Jalen Carter. Huh? I love the idea of Jalen Carter here because he'll probably be a pro bowler. He might, I don't feel an all pro if he's played enough, but either way, I have Jalen Carter here with the understanding that I, I know I'm trading back up to number three. I could have taken the uh, quarterback here if I wanted to. But all right, tell me on Bryce at number two as opposed to Anthony Richardson, who played well before he got hurt. Um, Will Levis, whatever, if you want to go to him in there. But why, why Bryce? Well, we talked about it, you know, Anthony Richardson, there's no question about the arm talent and athleticism and the best at athlete at the position uh, this year coming out. But only the 14 starts, you didn't know what you're going to get with him. He's, go he's going to take time to develop. Uh, where Bryce, there was a pretty good history of what you were going to get. And so you knew just like Carolina – Houston had to have a quarterback. They weren't going to go with Mims again. And that was with a new regime coming in as far as head coach, new offensive coordinator. They had to come out of here with a quarterback. So back what we knew then that Bryce Young would have been a no-brainer. And I think he would have a lot more success with ten the Texans with the weapons around him. And I, you know, we didn't know Tank Dell was going to be Tank Dell, but he's done a phenomenal job. Noah Brown has done a phenomenal job. So, you know, the Schultz has, has, has really came to life. The tight end that they signed yeah. out of Dallas. So they have Nico Collins. They have more playmakers on the offensive side of the ball that were hidden maybe last year with Mims as a quarterback. But you see, when you get a quarterback like CJ Stroud in there, look how much better it made all those skill guys. So I'm assuming that, if Bryce Young had the ability to work with the skill guys that Houston Texans have accumulated, 
that he would have much more success than he was having in Carol and that he's having in Carolina. And I can understand Carter. Carter was, you know, without the incident last year before the draft, which happened during the combine, that he was the best non-quarterback football player in this draft. So I just made sure that I got the quarterback and then I could understand why you would have taken Carter maybe at number three, but I didn't go with Carter at number three. Yeah, this is getting interesting here. And, and by the way, Will Anderson has been playing out of his mind. And he didn't have the sacks early, but he did have the pressures. And people were like, well, Will's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He was doing what he's supposed to be doing. And now the stats are catching up to the the production we've seen when we watched him play. But Jalen Carter is on a different planet when he's locked in. And he's been uh, straight and narrow in Philadelphia. And, and he's playing at an extremely high level. I understand your theory for Bryce Young, and it makes a ton of sense. And um, it's why my quarterback in Houston – it's going to be a little different, but your pick at number three for the Houston Texans, they originally took Will Anderson Jr., having a great season. Certainly, you did something different here. What'd you do, Rick? I didn't do anything different. I took Will Anderson Jr. <laughs> you took Will Anderson Jr. No Jalen Carter for you here. How? Explain that. Let's start there. Uh, I just thought that I made the connection with uh, with uh, the damn head coach at uh, the Miko Ryan. Miko, yeah, yeah. Um, that the Alabama connection, they needed edge rush. Uh, and I thought he was the best edge rusher coming out by far in last year's draft. And so I went with the edge rusher cause I needed to get a pass rusher. I mean, it's worked. Let's be honest. And he was a solid kid, solid off the field. Yeah. It was almost a no brainer. Okay. No, I get it. And I'm not going to push back too, too angrily on that. But uh, I'm going to use your same theory for why Bryce would have success in Houston and take another quarterback by the name of Anthony Richardson. Given how good Bobby Sloak has been as a first-year play caller and all the ways – and CJ obviously has a lot to do with that. But all the way he's schemed guys open, he's made things – again, credit goes to CJ. Don't misunderstand. But when you watch Bryce and you watch CJ, it feels like CJ has no trouble finding the open receiver. And Bryce has no chance of finding an open receiver. And I think that can extend to Anthony Richardson, who is miles behind CJ and Bryce in terms of experience because he just didn't play a ton, but somehow miles ahead athletically and what he can do with his arm and, and his legs. And I liked what I saw before he got hurt in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, in Indianapolis. And um, just assuming he would be healthy here, playing in this offense, I think it could be electric. Now, he's not going to play like CJ because CJ's special, but CJ's already gone. So that's why I went with Anthony Richardson over Bryce Young because of his upside and because of how good a job Bobby Sloak has done. What do you think about that? I, I can understand that. I just didn't think that – he, and I still think he has accuracy issues. Yeah, uh, no, he does. You're right. Oh, And I thought Bryce Young would have been more accurate as a thrower, especially with the weapons around there. To me, uh, Anthony is a one-read guy. If it's not there, then he's going to try to run. So I don't know if he would have had the same production. I think Bryce would have been a little bit more patient staying in the pocket because he would have a little more time to do that. And I think that he would have been a better pure thrower than Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson was just you know fantastic because of the athleticism, but he can't stay healthy. Yeah, oddly enough, the biggest quarterback – uh, struggles to stay healthy about the tiny guy. Takes a ton of hits and knock on wood continues to go out there. All right, going to take a quick break there. And after we come back, we'll hit the, the Colts pick. What do they do with the fourth overall pick in this redraft right after this? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. It's the old 2023 NFL redraft on the With the First Pick podcast. Uh, quickly, just to keep you refreshed here, Panthers took CJ. For Rick and me, Houston took Bryce for Rick, Jalen Carter for me, and then Houston again took Will Anderson for Rick and Anthony Richardson for me. You can see if you're watching on YouTube. If you are listening, you can't see anything. That's why I read it to you. All right, number four, Indianapolis culture on the clock. Rick, the original pick was Anthony Richardson. Who are you taking? Anthony Richardson. That's a no-brainer because the Colts weren't going to come out of this draft without a quarterback either. So he was the third quarterback on our board. And – teaming him up with uh, the new head coach, uh, Shane, Shane Steichen, um, did, a, uh, did a great job with him while he was healthy. I envisioned him in Indy's offense, similar to the uh, jump that Jalen Hurts did when he was the OC in Philadelphia. Saw a lot of similarities, except this guy is probably even a better athlete than Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, the, to me, this was a no-brainer pick. Okay, I took a similar thought process with this, but the the quarterback that I drafted isn't clearly the athlete. And I do wonder, Shane Steichen's very good at his job, and you can find ways to get the most out of Bryce Young, who I had going to the Colts there at four. But you can't have him running like you have Jalen running and what, the way you have Anthony <clears throat> excuse me, Anthony Richardson running. And you may not be able to have Anthony Richardson running like Jalen because he continues to get banged up, and he's done for the season after the first month or so. But I think Bryce would have a, a ton of success in this offense. And you might say, well, the receivers struggle to get open sometimes for uh, Indianapolis. They're not as slow as the, the, the Carolina receivers. You have Pittman on the outside who can make plays down the field. You have Alex Pierce who needs to play better, and he probably struggles the most in terms of separation. But you have Josh Downs as well in the slot, who we've talked about at times uh, in the rookie top five recap shows on Tuesday. So I think there are opportunities to to move the ball. And then you have Jonathan Taylor, who, when he's back, it's certainly – And Zach Moss, both of those guys. And Zach yeah. Moss. Yeah. So I, I think there – it would be a better situation. But that said, it would be hard, hard-pressed hard to find a worse situation to put Bryce in than where he currently finds himself. So anyway, Bryce Young, Indianapolis Colts. You had Anthony Richardson there. So not a lot of differences here so far. You have Jalen Carter. You, uh, you, I had Jalen Carter. You had Will Anderson. So we have to figure out where we end up taking those guys. Next up, Seattle Seahawks. Rick, part of me thinks that you did this homework late and you just took the same players again and again. No, I didn't. Uh, I actually <laughs> did it last week and then forgot to send in my homework assignment. So. Rick, make sure you have your squeeze ball for this one for Ryan. <laughs> oh, is Rick fired up about this one? 
All right, the Seahawks yeah. on the clock, Rick, and they had two first-round picks in the original draft. We're not going to get to the second one, which was Jackson Smith and Jigba, because that came in pick 20. We're only doing 14 here. But they took Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois, who's having a fantastic season at number five overall. Who do you have them taking? I I had a I went back and forth on this one between Carter and, and Witherspoon, and I think they're both up for potential defensive rookie of the year. Um, but Witherspoon was just too good of a player and coming out of Illinois. So I went with Witherspoon. I kept with the same pick. And I think he's a dynamic playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. He's a tone center on the defensive side of the ball. He brings back that legion of boom type mentality with the way he hits. Uh, And now you have two corners with uh, Wilson and and, uh, Witherspoon. Yeah, Tariq Woolen last year ran in the four twos. That's an interception. Yeah. Um, and then Devin Witherspoon, who, as you note, has a very good chance to be defensive rookie of the year. And it would be very easy to pencil him in here, but I got a little crazy, Rick. I wanted to give Eugene Cyril Smith the third another weapon. Jackson Smith and Jig was coming on uh, a little bit. He struggled at times with consistency. He had some focus drops. We've talked about that previously on the podcast this fall. Um, but you have Tyler Lockett, you have, of course, DK Metcalf. And I said, let's get him Zay Flowers. Mm. And mm. what is your issue with Zay Flowers at, at five? No issue with Zay Flowers, but they didn't address the need. They had a much bigger need at corner than they had at receiver. And well, here's my, here's my thinking. Uh, the, the wide receivers <laughs> oh, are probably going to. Sorry, I'll, I'll take that side back. <laughs> oh, but you, could you, until you hear my, my thought process. No, I would still sigh, but I can't sigh for 55 more days. Oh, I see. I love that you have to self-talk yourself into not <laughs> to holding back your truth. Hey, folks, should we have done this when I'm allowed 55 days from now to give expressions over the air? We can do it Rick, again. I'm, I'm curious, a little spoiler here, but you do not have Zay in, in the top 14. Do you think he could have been there if the Seahawks were still picking at 20 where they originally took? Yes, I JSN? do. Yes, I do. Knowing what we know now? Yes, I do. Oh, Rick. My thinking was that he wouldn't be there. And my other thinking was that there's some corners that are playing pretty well. Like Joey Porter Jr., you could circle back at 20, maybe get him there. And that you may be pushing it, too, by the way. Now, Joey Porter Jr. isn't having the season Devin Witherspoon is, but he's playing better than I think we thought he would. And that was my thought process. And Zay Flowers gives you one more weapon down the field uh, for, for Eugene Cyril Smith the third. So, you don't love it. I don't love it. Okay. I think it's too rich for a receiver that early. That's a uh, slot receiver. He can play outside. You That's say good. these little guys can play. He's Wait a good player. I'm not arguing he's not a good player. He's a really good player, but it doesn't fill a need, and you have many more other opportunities to get receivers before you can get the corner. All right. We have our first disagreement. Pick five. So, we'll, yeah, we're, well, I mean, I would say we'll revisit at the end of the season, but Devin Witherspoon, I mean, the guy's playing out of his mind. It's not like I'm going to win this conversation. I just wanted to mix it up and give – Gino, a little help there. What I'm hearing is that Rick hates Gino, but that's okay. All right. Devin Witherspoon, you can't go wrong there. I don't want to besmirch the man's good name because he is playing great. And Zay Flowers uh, to pick it up until JSN finds his form. All right. Number six, the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, they originally took Paris Johnson Jr., who's played at right tackle. And he's, I, th- I think he's held his own. He, he's done pretty well. Yeah. There's some trying circumstances. You, you've, you soured on him over the recent. He's okay. He's, he'll be a solid starter down. He's still struggling. It most like Man. most rookie uh, offensive linemen do. 
but you I turned on him. We liked him early on, like back in September, October. When uh, you got to go back and uh, listen to the podcast. Me or you? Well, I, I wasn't as high on him as you were. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you could be but right. I do like him. I, I do like some of the flashes that I've seen in him. Yeah, you were extremely high on him when you saw him work out at the pro day. That's there's no no disputing that. But I, I get it. <clears throat> but um, I I'm okay. I think Paris is, is holding his own. I'm 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 I feel good about it. But the point is, neither you nor I took Paris Johnson Jr. here. Well, go ahead. If you feel that good, you should have kept your stick. Well, there was a better player on the board that I wanted, and you took. Who, tell me who you took. Jalen Carter. I can't believe he's still sitting here. So you think there's a planet where Jalen Carter is still on the board at six, knowing all we know now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep, I do. And uh, like I said, we've already talked about him. He, he's been what you saw on tape. Uh, he fell for me here just because of the off-field. Sometimes a leopard changes the spots, but not yeah. very often. So hopefully this kid does. But I like the way he's playing, and he's been a dominant force and at a position that's really, really hard to find. So, Have you ever seen anyone at any position at any size at any level almost catch and intercept a spike? Do you see that? Yeah, that was crazy. What? If he was a better, I mean, was a better athlete, he would have made that. <laughs> <laughs> what planet is this where someone who weighs 315 pounds almost pulled? That would, that would have been the best play in NFL history. Yeah, that would have been that would have been something. It'd have been on some highlight reels. Uh, speaking of great athletes, the player I took was also on the defensive side of the ball, also still available. Will Anderson Jr. Oh, okay. What I'm does that guard. mean? I'm not arguing with that. I love Will Anderson Jr. Oh, why'd you say it no, like that? You can't go wrong with either one of those guys. It makes yeah. Arizona better. Absolutely, and they can um, come circle back and get the offensive tackle later if they want. Maybe Paris Johnson Jr. Uh, is available later in the first round if they trade up, yada, yada, yada. All right, pick seven. Here we go. Tyree Wilson, um, foot injury last November. It's been a year ago now. You contended the last time we talked about Tyree last month that he should be fully healthy from that. This is more probably above the next sort of situation in terms of his lack of production. That and technique and not playing with the same uh, quick twitch that we saw coming out of college for whatever reason and looks like he's playing by the numbers instead of just pinning his ears back and going. Yeah, well, the guy you – I thought about the player you uh, ended up taking, Byron Young out of uh, Tennessee. Can I announce he, my picks, or are you going to do it for me? Do you want me to just sit here and listen to you? Well, I wanted to get his name because you and Debo always call him Brian, and his name's Byron, so I want to make sure I got his name right. So it's Byron Young. Debo, um, did I send it in correctly? <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so byron young out of tennessee not to be confused with byron young out of alabama who's a interior defensive lineman you're right i did not <laughs> do you get it right or wrong wrong oh okay see i was trying to save you and you were too busy giving me the business i wasn't uh, giving but, you the business i was giving you a compliment oh thank you but let me just set you up with this because i looked it up because i was also considering byron young in my top 14 he leads all rookies in sacks with five he re- leads all rookies in hits with 15 He's second in pressures with 33, and his pressure rate, the number of times he gets to the quarterback per snap, is 13%. So he's having a great start to his career for the Rams. Go ahead. Yeah, great. He was undersized, but he was a going Jesse coming out of Tennessee. And I think uh, the age a little bit was a factor and maybe why he slipped as well. But if you imagine him and uh, Max Crosby coming off the edge together, mm-hmm. they would have a, they'd make a pretty good – 
pair of pass rushers for a long time with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders with both those guys complimenting each other. So when you're doing the self-scouting about why you missed on Tyree Wilson, for example, and you didn't see Byron Young, would the age be the primary factor, you think, or is there something else? Uh, I, I think you'd go back and look at the injury history. I think okay. you'd look at that were we too hard on him because of his age uh, and because he was – wasn't he the one that was packing groceries before? Yeah, he that's right. Mm-hmm. So he probably underestimated this kid's chip on his shoulder, if you want to say it that way, that he was not – Sometimes you have to look, and when a kid comes through the background, he has he really wants to make sure that he doesn't go back to packing groceries again gotcha. or wherever he was working and probably exceeded expectations. And to be honest with you, he probably exceeded – he is a good athlete, but he's undersized, but exceeded what a lot of people thought he was going to be able to do at the next level. Yeah, the Rams – the Right. <clears throat> we didn't know if the Rams could draft people because they didn't have an opportunity to, but for less need, they've done a really good job of finding guys that, that are plugging and playing that are not first round picks. So credit to them for that. So Byron Young, that's a good pick. I, I gave consideration to getting Byron into this top 14. I went in a, oh my gosh, I'm going to get fired direction. I'm going to take a, I'm going to roll the dice on this guy. <laughs> I drafted quarterback Will Levis. Never should have signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Aiden O'Connell is a, He's probably going to be a backup. That's probably going to be his role at the NFL level. I like glimpses of what I've seen from Will Levis, and this is just a roll of the dice. Please, baby Jesus, let this work out. How how do you feel about Will Levis going to the Raiders? Do I, do I have to really comment on that? You can be honest. I want to get your actual yeah, thoughts. Uh, yeah, absolutely a disaster of a pick. <laughs> Uh, there. Look, we were talking about him as a first round pick throughout the process until the end there. So, way too high, huh? way, too high way too high for him. Well, I mean, he can throw deep balls to Devonte. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I, I look, it, it's a pick. It's a pick that you make when you're under duress, and usually those picks don't work out. But I, I'm trying to. Were you a lottery ticket here? Redrafting this redraft thing we're doing here. Do I want to redraft the redraft? <laughs> I. He gives you the best chance to make the biggest improvements the quickest if he hits. That's all I'm saying. Okay. You disagree. Totally. I get it. All right. You and you and Pete can go in your little corner and uh, wave your Will Levis flags. I'm just not a big fan. I get it. I get it. And I, I haven't been actually driving the Will Levis bandwagon. Will, will Will Levis go in the first round for you, you think, in the redraft? Maybe later. Okay. He hasn't played that poorly. We've talked about it. I mean, you've you've admitted that he's done some things. I know you get worried yeah. about the turnover-worthy plays, but all right. I won't show this to, to our buddy Pete Prisco. He will be very angry about this. All right. Next up, the Atlanta Falcons at number eight. They originally took Bijan Robinson, and Bijan got a ton of work early, and then Arthur Smith, for some reason, decided to play him less, and he's been back on the field a little bit and not quite as productive, but still doing a pretty good job here. Rick, who are you taking? Wait, I'm still getting over to Will Levis pick. I <laughs> take a drink. <laughs> oh, what's in that? What's in that thermos there? You got? Oh, well, it was water, but I may be changing it here if we have to go through any more of these picks of yours. Some Michelob Ultras <laughs> on ice. On on ice. Don't forget the ice part. All right, yeah. Bijan, we went to Atlanta. Who are you taking? Bijan. That's a no-brainer. He's, he's is it a no-brainer because they he hasn't. It's not his fault that they're not giving him the damn ball. <laughs> but when they give him the ball, he's pretty special. 
How can you not get have this kid on your roster? And he's more than a running back because he can make plays in all the different phases, and he's not just a running back. And no, that's right. His fault that you know he had 18 touchdowns that led the conference last year, and yet they refuse to give him the ball. And the one time they give him the ball at the five yard line, he scores. So that's beyond me why they don't ride this horse. Rick might have remind you we have 155 days until the NFL draft and 55 days. I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at myself. Uh, the funny thing is, I can envision you yelling this from this from the GM suite when they're when, when your team's not running the ball enough. No. <laughs> Give the ball to Bijan. All not right. Hard. What's that? This shouldn't be that hard. It's not that hard. It's sometimes you overcomplicate it. I don't hate that pick, of course. Bijan's had a really good season when he's <laughs> when they've allowed him to play football. I went with uh, the player that didn't go earlier to the Seahawks, Devin Witherspoon. I love the idea of AJ Terrell opposite De- Devin Witherspoon, and I think it's not a stretch to say he makes that defense a lot better out there. No, you're very oh. fortunate that he was there. I know. Yeah. So that's a no-brainer. He wouldn't not, be there. To, he wouldn't be there at eight, probably. But no. But your this little fantasy land redraft thing we're doing. If you want to <laughs> cook your board the way you're cooking it, that's fine. <laughs> Debo, I think things are taking a turn. <laughs> he is fired up. All right. Next up, the Eagles are on the board. They got Jalen Carter. They cooked the board to get Jalen Carter. In retrospect, how did that happen? We know it's the off-field stuff there. And here's where things start to come together. Look at this, Rick. As angry as you are over these first nine picks, eight picks, we're going to have some some symmetry here, some uh, kumbaya moments with the picks here. So Jalen Carter, original pick, Rick's redraft pick, who you got going to the Eagles? Well, I was going to, just for Debo's sake, take Puka. But oh, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. Just to make Debo or mad. Uh, and then I said, well, we have to do this for real things. So I ended up with Christian Gonzalez. Just Which because, has it? Yeah. With uh, Slay and Bradbury not playing as well as they did last year. Uh, they need a younger. They're having struggles at the uh, nickel position. But if he – and he's hurt. I understand he's hurt. But the way he was playing before he got hurt, uh, he would have been a huge be- help and benefit to the Eagles' defense. And as it turns out, oh, Ryan Wilson took Christian Gonzalez here for the same reasons. And I was actually wow. thinking wide receiver, not Puka necessarily this high, but I, Jordan Addison crossed my mind. But then I went and, and double checked. That's absolute insane you would take a receiver here for Philadelphia Eagles. You That's literally crazy. just said you were going to take Puka. I was being facetious. Oh, I see. I was thinking about it, Rick, but the reason I didn't, because even though they only have quote unquote two receivers, those two receivers are two of the best players on the planet earth. And they get them the ball. Unlike Atlanta and Bijan, as you noted earlier. So I, I gave it some consideration and then, you know, had to go Christian Gonzalez here. Let me ask you about Christian Gonzalez in terms of the redraft. When you go back and figure out why, although was he your cornerback one or was Devin? No, Devin was, he was too, but you had Christian as a top 15 pick. So it's not a stretch. Yeah. He was, yeah, he, yeah. We liked them coming out. We both. Yeah. Okay. So the fact that he slipped was more of a surprise, I think, to us than. No, yeah, it's not as much a surprise. It's the uh, when teams start taking, you know, if they have guys like we mentioned that are on the board equally, they'll take the need over the the player. So some boards may have had Christian Gonzalez equal with some of the other guys that went ahead of him. And if that team didn't have a need at corner, then they would have went with that other player that 
they felt had equal ability to Christian Gonzalez. Christian Gonzalez, I think, ended up going 16 because the Patriots traded down two spots. They were originally at 14 to allow the Steelers to move up to get Broderick Jones. Let me ask you this before we take a break. In retrospect, should the Patriots have stayed put and take, taken Broderick Jones? No, I think they hit it out of the park with Gonzalez. I think he's going to be a shutdown corner in this league. I agree with that part of it, but their offensive line is woefully terrible. Yeah, but he is not as good as Gonzalez. Okay, no, that's fair. I just wanted to double-check on that. All right, so he, he was uh, pick 17, oh. a pick after Forbes. Oh, 17, sorry. Thank you, Debo. So not even the second corner off the board. No. Oh, gosh, yeah. Manny Forbes is having a having a deal, too. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll hit picks 10 through 14 right after this. Rick, if you were angry about the prospects of me taking Jordan Addison at number nine to the Eagles, you are going to be absolutely irate. You better get out the the head, the pumpkin size squeeze ball for this one because you are you're going to blow a gasket, my friend. Balls. This there. is when you do a good pick. This is when you do a really, really questionable pick. You got the sun and the moon in your hands there. On this one? Well, you tell me. We'll figure it out. So originally they took Darnell Wright, the right tackle out of Tennessee. And I. Do you think he's played better than Paris? I got the sense you didn't. No. I think he's played okay. I, I think he's played better than okay, above average. And the funny thing is I had to do the grades. We did the grades on the show for the rookies and the first rounders. And I think C-plus is where Darnell came out. And I wrote that up for CBSSports.com. And, Rick, when I tell you the Bears fans were quite angry at the C-plus grade that I gave Darnell Wright, it, it, it was uh, – that's an understatement. They were extremely fired up. They kept going back to Max Crosby. He's played – I think he's played pretty well. He that can't said, pass protect. He is a good run blocker, but he struggles in pass protection. All right. People who are angry at me, please direct your ire towards Mr. Spielman when talking about Darnell Wright. So they took Darnell. He started, I think, every game, unless I missed something. Who do you have them taking in the redraft, Rick? I went with Jordan Addison. Do they need another receiver? They drafted Tyler Scott in the third round. Who, the, who, who else do they have besides? They have Darnell. Yeah, okay. Mooney hasn't been doing anything this year. He's been quiet. So and they have I, um CJ. CJ is their only legit receiving threat on that roster. Curtis Samuel, and, I should say, yeah. So I think that this gave them another offensive weapon for Justin Fields. You have to figure out what Justin Fields is, you know. Uh St. Brown, the other St. Brown is just a guy. Mooney's been just a guy. So I gave them another offensive weapon. DJ Moore has been outstanding for him. Maybe the best part of that whole trade was getting uh, DJ Moore uh, in a Chicago Bears uniform. But to add another playmaker, you see a lot of these teams that have success on the offense always have two guys. And I th thought Addison would have been another a good addition and offensive weapon because we talked about it all offseason. Yeah. Get some playmakers around. Justin Fields, so you can figure out who he is or what he is. And I thought by getting a Jordan Addison, that would have done that. Yes, DJ Moore, thank you. I called him CJ and Curtis Samuel for some reason. Yeah, but that's that's fine. It's just, you got me flustered. We're at the point in the show where you're actually correcting me on the names, which is uh, not a state we want to be a bad in. Deal. We are at the <laughs> rock bottom now, buddy. <laughs> so DJ Moore, they moved on from Chase Claypool. That was a disaster from Jump Street. Cole, Cole, Cole Komet, the, the tight end, has done some things, but I get it. I don't have any issue with the pick, and I think Jordan Addison would, would certainly come in and help right away and probably be wide receiver one, right? I don't know. Him and DJ would have been a nice combination because yeah. it gives them speed that they don't have. And Mooney's fast. He just He's just not what he was two years ago. 
And Justin and Fields. I don't know if that's the scheme or if that's a quarterback, but but he's a shell of himself, in my opinion. And Justin Fields played well in his first game back. That was fun to see. So hopefully he can continue that. And then the Bears. And he had a hundred quarter twenty quarterback rating before he injured uh, the three games before he oh. injured his uh, thumb. You know. Good. So then so, you're going to have some conversations about what to do with that pick. Podcast. That's for another podcast. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking about the, their front office. That they, they got to sort some things out. All right. We can go through this quickly, Rick, so you don't destroy your chair and go Hulk on us. I'm taking Darnell Wright. <clears throat> you need offensive line help. I think he's played better than you, you think he's played. And if you don't have a right tackle, get right back to where you started. Tevin Jenkins came back. He looked pretty good. You have Braxton Jones, who they like on the left side. You're building some things. Cody White here in the middle. I respect that. So, Parrish Johnson Jr. still on the board. Would you rather have taken him? Yes. Okay. Better athlete. He is a better athlete. I think they played close, and I wanted to give uh, a nod to Bears fans so they'd leave me alone. Yeah, I don't know if Darnell Wright was the one that gave up the sack against the Detroit Lions last week when Hutchinson came bolting through him. Yeah. Hutchinson's pretty good. Yeah, well, they they, they got to block dudes like that. And That's I true. think Darnell Wright, I'm not down on I think he's going to be a, a solid right tackle in the league. He just has issues with his athleticism in pass protection. But I get he's it. A dominant run blocker. So that would tell me run the ball more. But um, I'm not an offensive coordinator. What do I know? All right. Darnell Wright, hats off to you. Rick Spielman doesn't think you should go there. Jordan Addison pick, I like that too. All right, pick number 11. The Titans are on the board. They originally took Peter Skaronsky, who, when healthy, is, is played pretty well. Wasn't quite as effective after the appendectomy that happened, I think, in week two, came back a few weeks later. But he's a good player, plays left guard, and he's one of the few bright spots on, on that offense. Uh, Ty J. Spears is having a pretty good season at running back, and we know about Will Levis, but there are a few other things worth mentioning. Uh, they need help everywhere. So let's see here, Rick. Oh, interesting. We yeah. took guys who the best thing. we took guys on the physical spectrum that are exact opposite ends. <laughs> so who do you got? I took Dewan Jones, which has been a pleasant surprise for me. Very pleasant. All right. He's been excellent as a run blocker. He's so massive, it's hard to get around and pass protection. They have issues at tackle, both tackle spots. And uh I I I like Skoronsky. I think he was a solid pick, and I would have kept it the same, but I wanted to shake it up here a little bit. And uh, I went with the bigger need at right tackle. And Dewan Jones has played very well for the Cleveland Browns. And when uh, Conklin went down, uh, he got his opportunity. And he has, he's been the best right tackle. He's better, playing better right now than your guy, Darnell Wright. Oh, you, so you'd like Darnell, excuse me, obviously, you'd like Dewan better at right tackle for, for the Bears. That's what we've seen to date. Yeah. No, I get it. And that's another example of a guy, when you go back and self-scout the draft process, that's mostly off-field. Not off-field that he's a terrible kid, but off-field, like how motivated is he to be a hard worker? Is that the conversation? Yeah, and he's he's answered those questions so far. Now, it may be different two years from now, but yeah. as of right now, he's playing like the uh, Dewan Jones we seen that first day at the Senior Bowl and the Dewan Jones we seen on tape last year. You know, the funny thing is, Rick, when we were at that pro day, you were very ang upset, not angry. You were upset with DeWan for not working out. You're very high on Paris for working out and looking great. And here we are. Once you start playing football, things can change. Yes. So that's that. As, uh, as of now, but it's as not the whole story. 
Right. You should That's do right. the three draft three years from now, and then we'll see how true this is. But yep. Debo doesn't do that. We have to do it after nine or ten games or eleven games. He just told me he made a note for episode three hundred. We're going to do the twenty twenty three redraft. <laughs> so get ready for that. All right, Dewan Jones here. That's a great pick, and you can still get Will Levis at the top of the second if that works out, and then at least he's not getting hit every single drop back, just every other drop back. All right, I went at the other end of the physical spectrum. And hold on to your hats, Rick. Get the squeeze ball out. Tank Dell, the 11th overall pick at 5'8", 165. Your thoughts? He's had a great year. He has great had had a great year. And I think the this offense is very reminiscent of the Panthers' offense so that no one can get open down the field. You have DeAndre Hopkins, and they schemed him open in that first game that Will Levis threw the three or four touchdowns. And then after that, you needed the trick play last week to get him open. And he's a great football player, but he's not a guy that's going to win consistently down the field. I think Tankdale gives you that juice at all three levels. You can add him into the return game if you want, and just something to this offense that looks something beyond stagnant. So that's why we went Tankdale here. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba was still available. Uh, Quentin Johnson was a first-round pick. He's still available. Those guys weren't in the conversation for me. I, that's why I went with the wide receiver. I would take Tank over those two right yeah. now as it stands right now. And I get the offensive line help. They do need that desperately. But I said, let's just get some playmakers, and then we'll circle back and figure out the mess of the All offensive right. line later. All right. Well, you didn't hate it, Evo. I, I I don't understand why you take a five six hundred and sixty five pound receiver, but in the top twelve. But that's he's a good football player. Uh, so he went in the third round, I think. Yes, he did. We talked about this though. There seems to be a movement. There was a movement towards tall receivers after Randy Moss and Megatron started doing their things. And now I think we're moving back the other way. We've seen these smallish receivers and Tank Dell's special. You can't just put any guy out there who's short and expect him to do what Tank Dell does. But I think we're seeing uh, he's unique for his size. Yeah. I know you don't like Calvin Austin Jr. as much, and Calvin Austin Jr. is not as explosive, but he's another diminutive uh, guy they try to get into space and sort of specialty plays for the Steelers. But Tank Dell is special. I'm Tank Dell, the, the 69th pick, one of the lowest picks on the board. Rick actually had the lowest overall pick in the OG draft. 111 was De- Dewan Jones. Fourth round, yeah. And that's none of that's physical. All of that's motivational. Yes. And and listening to Dewan Jones have three meals and then take one to go after he met with one team at the pro day and walked out there and just sweats. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that story. That's a great story. Look, man, you can't stay 380 by not eating three meals and taking one to go. And don't even get on the scale, which was another thing at the pro day we were at. Didn't even yeah. get on the scale. Got bad advice, but it's it's worked out. It's it, look. Here's the here's the lesson too. By the way, yeah, he's going in the first round of this redraft. Uh, the the bad part is that he lost a ton of money by not doing some little things that could have helped him. Yes, he did. So that's the the takeaway for any future draft prospects listening to us right now. All right, number 12, the Detroit Lions are on the board. They originally took Jameer Gibbs at number 12 after trading trading down a few spots. They were number six originally, I believe. Here's the, the tease, Rick. We both have them taking players they eventually drafted, but they're two different players. Who do you have them taking? I took Jameer. I just oh, think God. he's special and, and talented, and that combination of him and um, – Montgomery, to me, are one of the top, if not the top, combo running backs in the league right now. And look at how many games this kid has probably helped them win uh, from the running back position and the way he's been catching the ball 
it's incredible how they use him as a receiver as well. And he's just a, he's just an offensive weapon that uh, has had a major contribution to Detroit's success on offense. Yeah. I'm not going to push back on that. He is a special player and um, unlike Atlanta, Dan Campbell has eased him to the offense and now he's been a mainstay, especially once Montgomery got hurt, but Montgomery's back now. And now they had that one, two punch. And even when, uh, the rare occasion that Jared Goff struggles and he had the three interceptions against the Bears. Uh, you can still lean on your specialty players, special players, not specialty, I guess I should say. And Jameer Gibbs is, is that. We talked about him on, on Tuesday's pod for being one of the top five rookie performers. I went with another draft pick, someone they took in the second round, and they, God, they've crushed this draft. And Jameer Gibbs is, is the obvious choice, but I wanted to mix it up here. I went with Sam Laporta, the best rookie tight end in this class, and one of the best tight ends uh, so far through the season given his uh, the way they value him and the way they target him and get him involved in the offense. And he, unlike Jameer Gibbs, they got him involved early and they continued to get him involved. So do you take a tight end at 12? Not typically. Hawkinson went high. Noah Fant went, I think, in the 20s. That year they came out together. Um, but Sam Laporta is my guy at 12. How much do you love that pick? I love all of the Lions picks. Oh, that's good. That's that's the secret. (laughs) I could have taken uh, Corby Sorstall here, and you would have been happy with that. (laughs) All right, cool. Win-win for the Lions here. And just a little tease for you, but there might be another Lions original draft pick that finds its way into the top 14. We only have two picks to go here, so let's see. At pick 13. Ah, they took old Lucas Van Ness who never started a game at Iowa famously, but uh, who is flashed at times. We talked about him in the the grades show for the rookie first-round picks, and I think he's going to continue to get better with experience. He hasn't played poorly. It's just that he's grown into that role, it feels like, Rick. But you and I actually have them taking the exact same player. Really? We, yes, I thought you would never have uh, done your research on this. Well, this is a young man we talked to at the Combine, and I was excited to talk to him at the Combine because he had a good college season, and he's having uh, just as good a uh, start to his NFL career. Who did we take? Tui, Tui, Tui Poloto. Tui, Tui Poloto. Close enough. There you go. <laughs> and they're going to need him more now because Joey Bosa's hurt. Yeah. No, he's uh, – you've seen the flashes uh, when he came out. Uh, thanks, Debo, for fixing that. That was throwing me off. If you're watching on YouTube, Debo doesn't know where the cap sign is or the the font size. So Rick is not thankful for this podcast, Debo. I get the he is on one right now. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's alongside been. of my good friend, CBS Sports draft analyst Ryan Wilson. And I said that with that shirt on, so you know who you else have to remind them sometimes. You have to remind them sometimes. That's right. <laughs> All right, continue with Thule. Yeah. Uh you know, it was a question of where they were going to play him when he came out. You remember we talked about him as an inside rusher, outside rusher. Yeah. He needed to play better against the run, but he did have pass rush ability. A little bit like um, who's the kid coming out of UCLA this year, Latu? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of that similar type movement, but this kid seems to be bigger. Uh, so he's been a pleasant surprise uh, and has really been productive and disruptive as a pass rusher for the Chargers. I- I agree, and and he's he's been a lot of fun to watch, even though he's, uh, again, sort of like Lucas Van Ness, grown into that role, but they, they're going to need him now more than ever. Uh, but he certainly flashed along our, alongside our guy, Byron Byron Young, uh, for the Rams, who Rick already took in this draft. 
So I'm glad we, we agreed on that because things are about to get crazy here. Pick 14, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They originally took Broderick Jones, the right tackle out of Georgia. They traded up to get him. and Or the left tackle, excuse me. He's now playing right tackle the last handful of games he started there. And he, he's done done pretty well. Didn't start the season uh, on the field, but he's found his way there. At 14, I gave serious consideration to taking Joey Porter Jr. here, who they took at pick 32. I, I would agree. I think he's playing well for him. He's playing great. And that, that's the the issue was a little stiffness, and you haven't seen a ton of that. He's incredibly handsy, and he's gotten away with a lot of it. We'll see if that continues or whether he learns not to be quite as handsy. But he's been a, a huge godsend for them because they needed to find another cornerback after um, Cam Sutton went to, to your Detroit Lions and is having a great season there. So, again, the original pick was Broderick Jones. I actually like your pick a lot. Who'd you have him taken? Brian Branch uh, out of Alabama. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, he's been a difference maker on their defense. He can play Nick. He can play safety. He's a tone setter. Very good in coverage. He just, you know, fell because of this 40 time, which we talked about. Plays a lot faster than what he ran, but too good of a football player to pass up here. And Steelers need help in their secondary. Mink is out right now, too, so he could help in that sense. Uh, He feels... He went. He was drafted in the second round by the Lions. He feels like a Lions player, but if he weren't a Lions player, he feels like a Steeler in terms of the way he plays and approaches the game. Um, I went in a direction that's going to make Rick incredibly angry, but I I took Paris Johnson Jr. Can play left tackle, right tackle, can play guard if you need to. He played there at Ohio State, and he gives you that versatility. But the question I'll ask you, Rick, is he playing better than Broderick Jones? I haven't seen enough of Broderick. I thought the first game Broderick started at left tackle, he was a little out of sync, reverted back to what he did from a technique standpoint at Georgia, which you can't get away with at the NFL. I thought his second start, he was much better with technique, much more at ease and not as panicky or as uh, jittery as it was. And I think he's going to be a really good tackle in this league. Uh, Yeah. Harris. The only question I have on Paris is liked everything, you know, played multiple positions coming out of Ohio State. How high is his ceiling compared to how high Broderick Jones's ceiling is? Yeah, they're both incredibly athletic, and one just has a little bit more experience than the other. And I'll be honest, part of this is a not a panic pick, but a huge need pick. And maybe we I don't think you're overdrafting Paris Johnson Jr. 14. No. But um that's that was the thinking there because you that offensive line has been better this year, but they need to be they have to overcome a lot in terms of the the play calling and the quarterback play. The play calling have a bigger impact on the Steelers according to the rules of this redraft. Branch or Johnson? Probably Brian Branch because you they didn't start Broderick Jones beginning the season anyway. They roll with the guys that they had already on the roster through free agency and that had signed previously. So Brian Branch because he's playing if not from day one he's playing from. Day 1.5, you're getting them out there. And especially now with the injuries to the secondary, they've had injuries at linebacker. And I'm not saying Brian Branch is a linebacker, but if you're playing sub packages, you get him out there and he can tackle coming downhill. I mean, he's not afraid to, to stick his, what do you say, stick his nose in the blender? No. Who says that? What do you call it? Huh? Throw his bag of bones around. What do you call it? Yeah. Throw his bag of bones in the pile. Yeah, that. I don't know what sticking nose in the blender is. That doesn't sound. That's stupid. (laughs) Yes. Sticking one's nose in the blender is, in fact, stupid. I agree with that, Rick. (laughs) I have a a couple questions on omissions here. Okay. Here we go. Ryan, I'm going to direct the first couple towards Ryan. Uh, Bijan and and Addison. So, Bijan, I didn't have any running backs go in this top 14. Rick, you had both go to their original destinations. I didn't know where to 
to stick Bijan and not be and the, with teams that had bigger needs, I felt like. I like where would they go? Like I thought that if you have a chance to get I'll ask you this, Rick, if you have a chance to get Devin Witherspoon or Bijan Robinson, who are you taking? If I'm Seattle? I'm sorry, if you're the Falcons. Bijan. Over Devin Witherspoon, if they're both on the board? That would be a tough call, but I would have went with Bijan. Okay. Yeah. And if Jordan Addison. Now, if they're using them the way they're using them, I would have went with Weatherspoon. <laughs> that we know now. Wow. He is fired up about that Bijan usage factor. Uh, in terms of uh, Jordan Addison, that was another one. I mentioned that I thought about the Eagles there, and then Rick got so angry at me that I could sense I, I couldn't have them going that high. So I had them taking Christian Gonzalez instead. But those are all, I get it. I get it. I don't have an issue with that. And I took Tank Dell over Jordan Addison as well. What do you think about that, Rick, to the uh, Titans at 11? Yeah, I just think Jordan Addison has had a major impact and you really seen him rise to the occasion, especially with uh, JJ gone. Yeah. And he's what I think he's leading all the receiver rookie receivers and touchdown catches. Yep. I can understand tank, but to me, I would have taken uh, Jordan Anderson Addison. I think tanks a three. Uh, I think Addison's at least a two to a one. Yeah, I get it. Fair enough. All right, David, what else you got? I got a couple more. These guys didn't make either of your boards. Just how close, I'm curious, they they potentially would be. Puka, Devin HN, and Dalton Kincaid. Go first, Rick. All of them, Kincaid would have been in the first round. Puka, no. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> HN, he would have been probably the next running back if another running back went in the first round after Gibbs and Bijan. But HN has had a uh, – when he's healthy – uh, he's been a you know a difference maker for Miami, and they are a lot more explosive on the offensive side with him in the lineup than with not. And the combination of him and Mostert are, is a great combination. Another really good one too. All speed though, and uh, the fits that scheme down there. Probably the best deal that Miami didn't do um, was not trade for uh, Dalvin Cook because that would have buried. Uh, HN, and we used to call that when you have vets in front of some of these rookies that are waiting their time, and you know the rookies are better or going to be better, they just need to get out there. We used to call them progress inhibitors, yeah, self inflicted progress inhibitors, right? Yes. yes, because a lot of coaches will want to stay with a vet who knew the system that they don't have to coach as hard. Oh, interesting, that's an interesting angle. Um, I know they're. Coaches by nature are conservative because they don't want to get fired, but also they don't want to coach as hard. That's interesting too. I, I would say that's maybe a not say coach as hard. They don't have to spend as much time on right. a veteran who knows the system and the technique than they may as a rookie until they can trust that rookie. Yeah, not coach as hard, but maybe coach no. them as hard. Just that it's more of a comfort level. Yeah, with I the get guy. it. They know what they know, what he's going to do. They don't know what's going to happen with that rookie when he gets out there. Exactly. You're not calling them lazy. You're just they're no, risk averse. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> Cut that, Debo. He just called the coaches lazy. No, they're risk averse. They don't want to have to deal with yes. mistakes. Another better. better way, better way to term that. Oh, thank you. Look at that. Uh, so Puka, are you taking him in the second round? Yes. Oh, okay, good. Finally, something positive said about Puka Spielman. A <laughs> hundred episodes into the show. Um, who were the other two? Did you, oh, David, uh, Devin, uh, Devin, A-Chan. A-Chan and then uh, Kincaid. I wish A-Chan had just stayed healthier because that would have been a fun conversation. But I still think that he goes 
if he stays healthy and similar level production, is there three running back situation in the first round? Yeah, but he'd be behind the two for me. So Bijan and Robinson and oh, uh, love that. Jameer Gibbs. Okay. All right. Anything else, Debo? Those are the main ones. When we check in in three years, I'm sure Nolan Smith will be in the top 14. <laughs> yeah, Nolan's not doing They don't need him to a whole bunch either, though. That's the other thing. I don't even, like, would it be better if they took Puka at 31 or 32? 30, whenever that pick was. Why did you want to give Philly a receivers beyond me? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see that reaction. That's why. Okay. What is their other needs? They like, needed it. They needed D tackle help. They got that. Yeah. They needed corner help, and they and they needed secondary help. And there were too many. Good, they good play players. a ton of zone because I was actually thinking about Joey Porter Jr. there too. Do you take Joey Porter Jr. at the bottom of the first round? Yeah. Even though he's not a zoneish guy. Yeah, I, okay. I would. Yeah, they okay. needed. They they have two older corners, and they brought them back, which was great that they got them back. But they need secondary help. Do you, don't you think, Debo? Yeah, I thought you guys A plus for the Gonzalez pick. I absolutely would have taken Porter if he was if he was there at thirty. Okay, there you go. Look at that. We can all end on something positive. It's, all right, Rick. Giving. <laughs> um, after this podcast, I'm going to go on Amazon and get you a couch sized squeeze ball so you can be better prepared <laughs> to manage your emotions. This one may be done by the time we get through this 55 days. Look at that thing. If you're if you're listening to this podcast, please go to YouTube and see the size of this squeeze ball. That is absurd is the only word. Oh my god, I can't even. All right. That's it, Rick. That's our episode episode 100. Debo, your- we'll be looking for our gold watches. We'll be looking for a while. <laughs> and get like some uh what is paper? That's like the yeah, first, papers, the, the first uh, airs, uh, anniversary one is paper. <laughs> so we'll get paper watches, Rick. You can draw the draw the Rolex on there at your at your leisure. Uh, yeah. So anyway, episode 100 in the books. Thanks to all you guys who have been here from the beginning. Thanks to all you guys who have joined us along the way. Uh, it's been a uh, crazy almost 12 months. I think, Diva, would you say that year one has surpassed all our expectations? Easily. Oh, look at that, Rick. Wow. And thank you, Ryan, for giving and Debo for giving me the opportunity to be the supporting actor in this role. I know where my spot is, and and I just appreciate everything that you do, that Ryan does to make this podcast go how it goes, and all the hard work and effort that goes into it. And I don't know how I would be able to do this podcast without the support of our star, Ryan Wilson, and our star producer, director, whoever's behind the window, Debo. Whatever he does. I didn't say oh, no, Debo, the next hundred. Can we just get make sure that we are very clear on instructions? Now, there it is. On my homework assignments. There it is. I purposely didn't say one word during that uh, soliloquy because I wanted to make sure Debo had an ample opportunity to cut all those nice <laughs> things you said so you can throw them back in your face <laughs> when you start acting up. So that was perfect. I appreciate that, Rick. And thanks to all you guys legitimately who, who listen and watch and support us because it's been a ton of fun. Uh, so on that note, thank you as always to my guy, Rick. Thanks to Debo for producing. And thanks again to all you guys who watch, listen and comment and have a happy Thanksgiving. And happy I will see you guys everyone. next Tuesday.